well, here we are. Uh, we're recording this close to Christmas time there, Jody. Have Indeed. you guys decorated? Are you allowed to decorate in California for Christmas? <laughs> yes, of course. I didn't know if there was like a rule against that or something. No. And, you know, I don't know if, I don't know what it's like there, but one of the things here that we've noticed, like Sarah and I have talked about, is um, it feels like more people are decorating than, and bigger than maybe before COVID. I think I think I agree with that. I think I think what's happened though is I think um, that's a bigger industry than it's ever been in terms of like decorating. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. And so it's easier to get that's stuff, true. all kinds of different stuff. Um, but uh, <laughs> almost ripped blow ups. But I realized there might be somebody listening that uses them, so I better hush. Listen, but, that's uh, the way. That, that, slap five blow-ups in your yard and you're like, yeah, decorate for Christmas. Well, it's easier to clean up, right? It's, it's way easier to clean up. Yeah, that's true. If you can get it back in the box. Like, getting a Christmas tree in the box is, man, Oh, uh, you can't. It's awful. It's just impossible. Don't well, even why? Just put the top in the bag. How many years have we been, have, see, now we have to do an artificial tree because everybody in my house is allergic to the real thing. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just thinking every year I'm like, man, the trees look more and more realistic. Yeah. But the boxes get smaller and smaller. And I don't. Yeah, that would be like a selling point worth 20 more bucks right there if they said, and this box has extra room for what you. <laughs> so you can put it back in. <laughs> You'd be down for 20 bucks just for that. Well, they sell. I'm telling you, know, you, we should start a Christmas tree, fake Christmas tree that's service. It. That's it. Longer haul Christmas tree. There it is. They yep. sell the little zip-up bags. They look like body bags for your Christmas trees. Have you seen those? Yeah, no, that's like cool. a whole other thing. But what yeah. if you just included that with the tree? Yeah, man. As a I, love it. I do love decorating for Christmas, though. We decorated before Thanksgiving this year, man. Yes. Oh, man. We're just like staring COVID in the face and like going, we're sick of you. We're sick of the way you've just ruined so much stuff. And you so ruined everything. Decorate early, man. Did it early. Yeah. It's been fun. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we're we're up and decorated, and uh, you know, I think it, we've only had you know a few Christmases here since we moved, and so trying to remember, like, wait, what what did we do here? And last yeah. year was kind of a weird year, right? So yeah, totally. Trying to remember all that's been tricky. So. Yeah. Well, the reason we're talking about Christmas is, along with Christmas time, comes the end of another year. Bum, bum, and bum. we're going to talk today about evaluating at the end of the year, why it's important, how you can do it, goals that come out of that. Jody, I like the fact you're going to bring to the table some very practical things you evaluate this time of year versus things you don't evaluate this time of year. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into all that, Jody, we've got some we, amazing, amazing people that help pay for this thing because it does cost a little bit to host and record and all that so uh, and tell us about them. our sponsors yeah so our folks over at ym360 man love these guys if you've been listening for a long time you've you've heard us talk about ym360 even way back before they were sponsored um so anything you need really camps curriculum i, I don't know if they're did they do you know if their uh christmas devo is still is no, i don't think out? at this point it's probably sold it's out probably no, gone. it's yeah. close man it goes yeah, quick it's like an advent devo it's good but it's you need to put on your if you didn't get it, you need to put on your calendar for like next October so to good. buy YM three sixties Christmas Devo. That thing's incredible. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um course camps around the corner, you know, so hopefully you're starting to look and think that direction. So Yeah, D now also is around the corner for a lot of folks that have it in the spring and they've got some incredible 
it's like a complete complete package package yeah. deal, you know, for the whole D now theming curriculum. Even the, like I spoke at a D now that used their stuff recently, and even had like the messages outlined. I didn't have to do a dang thing but read. No, I'm kidding. I didn't have to different <laughs> messages, but uh, <laughs> and but uh, yeah, man, it. yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, so head over there, uh, buy all the things. YM three sixty here. Yeah, good we love them. There. That's why we're spending a little extra time with them. Um, we also got uh, this this great uh, kind of recreational type game uh, that's called Aero Sport, and it's phenomenal. A lot of people love it. Uh, you and I both have had it in our student yep. ministries. We love it. We play it. It's a real thing that we like. It's kind of a frisbee, can jammy kind of thing, you know. But you can play inside, and uh, but go check them out at aerosport.fun. Yeah, and you know what's cool right now? So those air, the the rockets you knock down are hollow. Right? Oh yeah. So in the summer you can put water in them, which yeah, totally. is fun. But you could put light sticks in them. Oh, you totally could put light sticks. So in. like the times change is darker at night now. Yeah. You yeah, also so. put like a bell in like one of them and make yeah. that like the. You know, the extra prize yeah, or whatever that's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lots of fun things. Check that out. Promotion uh, code there. Uh, I like to see the promo code is... Uh, longer Hall. Longer Hall. YM360 it's different for YM360, by the way. Longer Hall, the number four. So Longer yeah. Hall 4U, like the letter yeah, U. totally. Uh, and then Aerosport is Longer Hall. And then we've got Smartphones 101. Uh, man, I don't know. It seems like smartphones aren't going away, right? I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah. Well, so they're still here, and uh, lots of parents have questions about that trying to navigate that, especially your junior high folks coming in. Um, so great resource, again, sets you up to be a winner. Uh, What's well, for that phone call you get that says, hey, I'm looking for a phone call. I'm looking for some help on how to deal with this. This yeah. is where you send them, right here. Yeah, it's incredible. Great. Yeah. Smartphones-101.com. I think, again, longer haul is a promo code for that. We'll put links for all those in the show notes, which will be at the uh, thelongerhaul.com slash episode 122. And so you can check out all the things and i'll plug our super secret podcast group yeah love it uh if you haven't joined the podcast group we'd love you to do that it's super fun great guys. super awesome everybody kind of likes each other on the group it's pretty awesome yeah and it's like when people really need stuff people answer and uh it's rarity in facebook groups so you can jump into that there's a link for that in the show notes as well or you can just go to facebook and search longer love it cool well it's the end of the year and you know, it's just part of kind of our natural rhythm, wouldn't you say, Jody? Like, I think most people at the be, at the end of a year, they kind of turn a page in their mind, if you will. Uh, the year's ending, and you're like, it's a time to – it's why gym memberships are up, you know, at this time of year, and diets kick in, all that stuff, because you're, you've evaluated this last year, and you're looking ahead to the next year uh, for personal reasons or whatever, you know, personal things in your life. But I think it's also a natural time for you to really think through, hey, what what should some of my goals be in 2022? What should should I be thinking about as far as you know how we're doing? Uh, are we are we meeting our mission? All of those things. So I think this is a conversation that would be worth having. I think that would be somewhat natural for some folks. And you and I, over the years, both we've talked a long time about the importance of evaluating events and all that but uh we we definitely are on board with this idea yeah yeah i think you know the things we, we things that are measured are things that grow right things that are evaluated are things that get better um and so what makes evaluating at the end of the year easier which we'll get to later is having clear goals at the beginning 
Um, right. And, and so one of the things that comes out even evaluating some, perhaps you might be sitting here and going, dang, I don't even, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to evaluate. I, I don't, I don't really understand why or. Yeah. So that's why we're here today. We're going to yep. make sense. Well, let's, uh, let's start off with why it's important. Why do you think it's important? I think, you know, I, so one of the reasons that I like evaluating this, so there, let me say this. We, when you talk about yearly evaluation, um, in student ministry, sometimes it's a little more confusing, right? Or not as clear because you have the end of the calendar year, which is where we are now. But then you kind of have the school year, which overlaps usually two years. So some things we evaluate like now at the end of the calendar year and other things we'll evaluate like in May at the end of the school year. Um, so you, you kind of do a, a little bit, a little bit of both of those things. But if you have a team of volunteers with you or if you're working alongside other staff, it's really important to evaluate. I think the number, the first thing that I think of when I think of evaluating is encouraging, encouragement. Yeah, like I, totally. I always start, I don't know about you, but when we sit down to evaluate, whether it's an event, whether we're evaluating Wednesday night, whether it's the year, I start with wins. Yeah, what what went right? Yeah. Like what, where did we win? Because if you don't start there, you'll never get to that part. And you're always, I don't know, I'm always, my tendency is to be more critical. Yeah. And and so starting with wins is really, really helpful for me. Yeah. I find myself way more encouraged by taking time to sit out and actually evaluate. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, and you kind of said one of mine, you know, the first thing I wrote down when it when it comes to, you know, why it's important is, is it, you actually mentioned it earlier, is you grow through evaluation. Yeah. You know, if you if you don't ever take the time to consider how you're doing, there's a chance that you're you're going to become very stagnant in, in how you act, what you do, and all of that. So I think you grow through it. You get better through that evaluating process by identifying the things you're doing well, identifying the things you're not doing well, and as a result of that, then figuring out how you can maybe make those things better. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um. My second one, number two, yep. is it, it it keeps me from becoming stagnant, which is kind of along the lines of your growth piece, right? But I I can easily kind of get into a spot where we're just kind of going through the motions, you know, and kind of not really thinking or not really being intentional about what we're doing, why, the why behind what we're doing. Right. And so needing to have some time to sit in and, and set aside time to, to really push ourselves forward. You know, and like you said, that's how you grow. That's how you grow as a, as a leader. That's how you grow. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, as a, as a student ministry. Um, but if I don't stop and evaluate, then we just keep doing what we've always done. We, we just never really think. And, we, and then we just become stagnant. Right. And, and nothing changes. Right. Yeah, totally, so. totally. Uh, second thing I put was you need a reset moment mm. to make sure that you're matched up to your vision. Now, That's I'm good. making a big old assumption here that you could <laughs> define your vision. And if you're not sure about that, um, one question you could ask yourself would be this. Why do we exist? Like, why why does our student ministry exist? Like, what's the purpose you know, behind our student ministry. And I think once you define that, you know, when you start thinking about, well, why do we exist? That's where you need to then say, okay, 
well, we, we believe we exist for this reason, are the things that we're doing in line with what we say we exist for. Hmm. And if yeah. they're not, it's a good reason to go, well, maybe we need to rethink this, or maybe we need to potentially add something, you know, that could, uh, could help with that. Yeah, that's good. How much of that do you think, um, and I, I know what you're going to say, I think, but in terms of your, I mean, you're, we're talking about evaluating your youth ministry, but where in that conversation that you're talking about with vision, purpose, whatever, needs to be considering the overall church? Oh, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, we could do a whole podcast on this one, I think. Um, I, I think it, it, I think it needs to be most of it, if, you know, because I think ultimately, hopefully, you, you know, you're, you're in a situation. I know that some people listening are not in this situation, just to be clear. But I've been, I've been blessed to be in a couple organizations that the vision of the church is what di- needed to dictate what the vision of my student ministry was, you know? So I didn't, I know some situations that some folks probably listening are in is they're, they feel like they're on an Island and they are kind of even on an Island and they're able to kind of choose what they want to do and how they want to do it and everything. Um, but man, I think it's going to be, a, it's going to be a lot easier if you are matched up, you know, with what the overall church is about. Yeah. That's good. That's my main two wise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do have a couple more. Um, uh, here's, here's a third one for me. Um, you need to be, you need to be a better youth pastor as you grow older. Hmm. Um, what does that that's have kind of to a longevity thinking. What's that? What does that have to do with evaluating? Yeah, no, right. Uh, hairline. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the only way you, you get better is you have to evaluate. You have to consider how you're doing. So my hope is that folks that are listening would, would have a mindset of, man, as I continue to do this, I want to be a better youth, youth pastor at the age of 30 than I was at 25. And at age 35, I want to be better than I was at 30. And, if, and I want, at 40, I want to be better and, and keep going on up from there, right? Obviously, we're doing a podcast called Longer Haul, so we know how we feel about doing this for a long time. But it's just important, you know, that you continue to, to, to grow and um, in order to be better as you get, you know, I think that, does that matter to you? I mean, I think that that makes sense. Don't you? Yeah, it makes sense. I I think that what's important there, what I, what I hear you saying, and I I don't know if this is what you mean or not. It's like, I think a lot of times maybe when we think about evaluating in the air, everything is external. We're going to evaluate the ministry, the church. But what you're talking about is even beyond that, like personal evaluation. Like how am Both I and. doing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's tied together, but like to not neglect the yeah, the individual. You know, what's in my mind right now, pop culture reference coming, boop, boop, um, is the second Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I don't know why they made another one. It's kind of dumb to make another one. Johnny Depp but one? There, yeah, the Johnny Depp one. It's terrible. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but there is a moment, though, where the one guy is uh, totally, um, his job is he puts the like top on top of toothpaste. Like that is his job. He just puts every the toothpaste comes by. He puts the top on, and he's replaced by a machine. You know yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, what am I talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. The idea of being a youth pastor and just doing the same thing year after year after year after year after year after year, and not tweaking and growing and all of that stuff, um, man, that just doesn't sound to me like it's going to grow you. You know, as time goes by. 
Yeah. No. It, well, you again, you drift into like this is what we've always done. And then what happens is, um, how do I say this? I, I'm not sure that this is entirely accurate, but I think, I think it, the perception can easily become, especially as you get older, that you're becoming irrelevant if you're not continually growing and investing. Because how you invest as you get older in youth ministry looks and feels different. And you've got to be intentional about that. And then you have to communicate that. Yeah, uh, totally. Across the board. Otherwise, it could, yeah, you, you'll just, you'll work yourself out of a role that you love. And that's hard. I mean, that's really hard. I think, you know, we've been, obviously we're trying to encourage folks to stay in this for, for the long haul. And, uh, and I think it can be done more than ever. I think it can be done. Yeah. And, and we talk to youth pastors all the time who are. And I love, and I love the idea that a guy's doing this long time or a girl's doing this long time. But if we could just be really transparent, you tell me if I'm wrong on this, Jody. But um, we both have ran into guys that are that are my age and and your age, um, and there's about eight or ten years separating the two of us. But that you're thinking, uh, dude, you still act like you're, yeah. <laughs> like I just don't know, man. I I just um, I'm not saying you got to grow up. Um, I'm kind of not a huge fan of growing up, but. I just I think it's just one of those where you got to keep growing, you got to keep doing better. Yeah, better. you're going to yeah. lead different in. Yeah, totally. As you, age. I think we've said it. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's the other one, the fourth one though, that I feel why it's important that you evaluate at the end of the year or that you have a time during the year where you do evaluation. Specifically, why it's helpful to do evaluating right now though is I want to draw your attention to the the timetable of how your year changes and help you to help you to think through the fact that. If you're going to make any significant changes uh, to your programming, you cannot wait until uh, the end of this school year, which would be May for most people. Would you agree? Mayish, yeah, May, May. right? Yeah. It's going to yeah. be harder at May to go. You know what? I want to completely change our Sunday morning program starting in August. Yeah, no, you got to know in now. two months. Now is the time. So now is the time to evaluate how are we doing on Sunday mornings? How are we doing on Wednesday nights? Because it takes time to change those type of things. So you want to do it now so that you can maybe set some goals and you can start tweaking things as you get close to August. That's good. That's I think this plan. is huge, Jody. Well, I think that's that's I think you should have said this. This is so good that you probably should have been like you should have thought of it. That's what I'm thinking. I, yeah, I should have thought of it. I've done it. <laughs> you know, we did it. That's exactly what we did. It's exactly what you do. <laughs> you know, I think we we made a massive shift in our programming. Um, in, I mean, since I think probably, I mean, probably for the last 20, 30 years, there's been, yeah, the programming has been the same here and we've, we've changed it. Part of that's because COVID allowed you to part of it. We had shifted before that for at least the, our Victorville campus. Totally. And then every other campus has followed since. And, and, um, it took us a long time to do it. And to be honest, we did it better. The first time we did it, uh, and part of that's COVID, but because we took longer and we were more intentional to communicate the changes that we were trying to make, um, and, and we weren't able to communicate that though as well during COVID, but yeah, it take anything you're going to do, especially if it's drastic and whether that, look, it's not just your weekly programming, that's camp decisions. That's, 
uh, mission trip stuff. If you're if you're thinking about you know you, you need to be doing that well in advance of yeah. Well, I had this conversation with a with a, a a guy that I mentor from time to time, and he's just struggling with some issues. And I'm like, well, now's the time to start thinking about that because you need to start thinking about what you're going to change in August. Yeah, like you need to start thinking about that now. You know, that's so no, that's huge. great. Yep. So there's some reasons on why, and I'm sure y'all have some as well. The, our listeners probably have some as well. It's why why it's important. And uh, but but how do you make this happen? Like, what is the actual process in which you can? Let's get real practical for a second. How would you go about evaluating your student ministry? Well, so for me, I do it in kind of, I do two separate evaluations, if you will. Um, One is I just myself, right? I sit down myself and I make a list of everything I can think of that we do or every area. And then I just kind of, go through the list. How are we doing here? What needs to change? What could make that better? Um, again, I, I try to start with the wins, like where are we really doing well? Um, and then, and then work through. So even if like, if I was taking, and I, I could give some examples of things that, that I actually do this with, but like take volunteers, if we're evaluating volunteers, okay, I'm right. Volunteers. And I like to whiteboard stuff. Okay. Uh, what are we getting right like what are what are we doing really really well there? And I'm going to make a list of everything I can think of that we're doing right. Yeah. And then I'll make a list of what we're doing wrong. Yep. Like where are we missing it, right? Which side note just for the record as you you, you just have tap you you've just touched on one another how which is is involve a group of people in the process. For sure. Yeah, and, for sure. And you're saying, and I and I appreciate the fact that it's natural for you just to automatically think that way. But I think for someone who's thinking about, well, I've never really done this a whole lot. I think it's important to maybe say, put together a team, and you've yeah. you're kind of like talking about that, like that's natural, yeah. which I think for some it might be, but some it might not be. No, that's so you're bring right. a team right. in, you know, and, and and like you said, you know, whiteboard it. So where what are we doing wrong, or what can we do better? What's what's confusing? You know, what are, is there something with our volunteers that's maybe confusing that we could solve? Um, what And then what kind of things are just, we're just missing? Not wrong, just not there. And then what are the action steps that we take out of? And we do this same process with everything we evaluate. It's not rocket science. We didn't invent it. Um, but as you kind of walk through that, especially if you've got a group of folks with you, then what comes out of that, hopefully, uh, is some encouragement in the wins and and some clarity on what needs to be done going forward, which sets you up even for what you're saying at the beginning here with the goals. Um, and we just kind of walk through it. And so I'll try to, I like to do it kind of by myself first, just to put some thoughts to it before I walk into a room of, of people that I'm involving in that process. Um, just because sometimes I know when I walk in, if it's like we've talked about this with sign-up sheets. If you put a sign-up sheet on the wall and it's blank, nobody's signing up, Right. So the easiest win to get people to sign up for your for something is to go to people you know who are going to come and have them write their name on there and then put it up. Yeah. Um, so me coming to that room or to the to the board with a few thoughts already is usually helpful to jumpstart the conversation. Even though I'm not probably going to share everything from my own evaluation ahead of time, you know. Yeah. Well, and I would say it's also important to do that for the purpose of controlling the narrative as well. Oh yeah. And I don't mean that you cheat, but if you go in and you ask this big, broad, so how do you think we're doing in our student ministry? Or how do you think we did? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That's going to invite 
criticism. Anybody, yeah. any parent that might be on that team, you know, they're going to look for that as the moment of, well, you know, the way we did buses this year for camp sucked. You know, like, I mean, so. Yeah, yeah. So you just want to be more intentional with, uh, hey, let's let's talk about, uh, you know, let's talk about our Sunday mornings first. Here are some questions specifically that I'm wondering about related to Sunday morning. Yeah. We'll talk about camp and our programming later, you know. Uh, so but I, I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, generally the process. And we do that kind of throughout the year. Like after we get back from a mission trip, we'll evaluate the mission trip. After we get back from camp, yeah. we get back. But when you start looking at the broader scope of the year, I think it's really helpful to do this. Because like you said, this is kind of your mid-year adjustment. And depending right. on when your budget year falls, like your Our budget year goes January to December, which is – you know, interesting for student ministry because that's not necessarily how our programming year largely functions. But in other contexts that I've been in or churches I've been in, it's been different. Or it's been like a fall type deadline for the budget. You know, so sometimes you need to factor in budget things too as you're as you're evaluating in goals. Totally. So, yep. Well, I had one um, that uh, would would rewind it just a little bit, also on the front end uh, when it comes to the how, and that is. In order to evaluate, it's important that you keep good records. Yeah. So that you can look at numbers and follow up, uh, follow up or comments about the, you know, certain events, um, you know, as just to see how you're doing. Here's what I mean. Uh, if you're currently not really tracking, let's say you're in a church where it's not that big a deal and nobody's really tracking how many you've had for the last five years go to camp or, winter retreat or D-Now or even attend Sunday school or Bible study or small groups, whatever you do. You ought to be keeping that in a, in a spreadsheet, Excel sheet. Just, you know, do a quick YouTube search and you can learn how to, you know, use one of those. But because it's going to help you, numbers do matter and they do tell yeah. a story about how you're doing it. But not only that, I would say there are, it's also important in order to have this big major evaluation it's important to have those micro evaluations as well. And you know, I've talked about those before, but those are those moments where when you get back from an event, you take and stop. And I always, it, it doesn't really it doesn't flow well, but I've always called it a do this next year list. Yeah. But basically you're doing a debrief from the event and you would want to look at those debriefs and go, okay, how does this contribute to our major evaluation? Um, and then over time, you'd start to see, well, man, for the last three years when we've debriefed this event, this one thing continues to be a problem. Can we continue to do this? Yeah. Um, so keep good records, both numerically and uh, with those micro micro debriefs, if you will. I yeah, kind of made I that up. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I mean, I think, you know. I think sounds good. Micro I make debriefs. a lot of notes. I mean, we've talked about Evernote before. I use Evernote a ton. Yeah, totally. Um and I I will make notes throughout the year during well the it's a, di- a di- well even during an event right it's just yeah. a discipline that you have to you just have to when something you see something that went wrong you write it down so that you can figure out why it went wrong and do it better next time which is really helpful when you start to evaluate now right because I just pull up that note you know so yeah, totally. and it, and you don't have to get complicated like if you if you're in a context where you don't have any way no one's tracking that or you're not using something to track use an Excel spreadsheet use a Word doc use whatever. Um, We've talked about in the way making, back. I'm making motions on, on our screen. Like, <laughs> I'm literally sure. pointing at one, two, three. You count with you. Five, just six, count. Um, I know that uh, our friend Kurt Libby has the, the MinHub apps 
that are available on the iPad that you can check in, use to check in, track some of that attendance too. Like if that's not a, if that's not a normal thing for you, but there's ways to do it. The important thing is just find a system that works for you and do it. Yeah. Um, seriously. Because you know, yeah, you need to know how do you evaluate something if you don't, if you didn't track anything, you're like, yeah, felt like, felt like we had a bunch of kids. No, here's what I've learned. No one in church can count. Can we, no one can guess attendance. In, I mean, you've been in these contexts, right? You're like, how many people came on site? Oh, man, probably about. 20,000. Probably about, probably about 300, right? Probably about 300 here yesterday. There's 120 in the room. And you walk, yeah, maybe, right? Like you, somebody <laughs> actually counted and you're like, no, nah, that can't be right. You must have missed a section. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no. Yeah. You just don't know how to count. So, yeah, that's great. We stole one of mine when you took, you know, talk, I had down talk to a team, you know, um, but the uh, here's here's another one here. I, I would just try to, th- I would say, take a look at your year as a whole. Yeah. And get a feel overall. What is the health of your ministry of your youth ministry? So the how the how part, what I'm saying there is you just want to look at, at I think part of your question needs to be this like. When I think about our entire year of student ministry, how does how does it reflect the health of our of what we're doing? Are we okay? That's good. You know, yeah, like I imagine, good? and that's, I may do this. I'm gonna write, I'm writing this down right now. I imagine coming in like with our team and saying, okay, on a one to ten, right, coming out of COVID. Yep. Where would you say we sit right now as a whole? Where do you feel like we are? And then where they put us? Okay, then why? Why are we there? What yep. is it that makes you think that's the best spot? And then dive into that a little bit. That'd be really good because that yeah. may expose areas that I wouldn't have thought to evaluate that we need to. That's good. You totally. know what else I'll say about teams? And I've done this in the past, especially the same team doesn't necessarily have to be the one evaluating everything. Like you might need a team of parents to help you evaluate a portion of thing. You might need a team of volunteers to help you evaluate a portion of your ministry. You might need, to pull in some other staff members that don't even work in student ministry to help you give perspective and evaluate some things. You might Im- involve a group of student leaders. Student leaders or students. like So I, I would think through that, even with the team aspect, don't feel like you got to have one team to rule them all, right? That There's probably value in getting a lot of those... Pop culture. <laughs> a lot of those voices <laughs> to come in and speak into that. Um, I will take the ring. I will take the ring. So that's good. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, hopefully, here's the thing. So, so here we are. You know, we're talking about this idea of evaluating at the end of the year. You know, why is it important? What are some ideas on how to do it? Did you have any other how how tos? No, I think that's. I mean, that's that's the big part. I've got I've got what some things we evaluate. I don't know where that. Fits. Yeah, let's talk about those now because I think what we want to lead lead into next. If you're going to talk about the why it's important and then how do you do it, well, hopefully we all recognize that just going through that process or that exercise without actually walking away with some steps, yeah. some goals, you're kind of wasting your time. You know I mean? You're not yeah. really doing anything. You're just like, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. We're just going to keep doing the same thing. No, you got to make goals. So before we do that, um, break down a little bit more because I, I was interested in that. Um, what makes you decide to evaluate some things a certain time of year and some things another? So sometimes, I mean, to be honest, a lot of these things we'll evaluate both, right? Um, one of the things that we have, are always evaluating this time of year for us is budget because, again, our budget year is ending. So let's look at our budget. Where did we spend money? 
um, what did we do? We need to shift some of that around. Is that conversations we need to start having in terms of what? The, and you know, depending on your context, I, I know those conversations go differently, and who gets say, and you may not, and you may not even have a budget. You may have a fund that you're operating out of. You may have, I don't know. But in terms of where did we spend money? Where could we have spent money better? Where do we need to allocate, or what? What kind of things we want to do? I think is always um, is always really helpful. I start with whys. I mean, with wins. Yeah. Um, I was going to start with wins. Like I said, I think programming is something that we do now. Um, we will heavily evaluate our programming mid-year now for us, end of calendar year, for the reasons that you said earlier. Because, like, I know right now there's things that I want to tweak for us Yeah. next August. Right. Um, and so what I want to know is let's evaluate how it's going and then let's come up with a plan to walk people through those changes, not just change them in August. So by the time we get to August, yeah, the change is really not doesn't feel very drastic. Um, hopefully, so we'll do that. Um, I think one of the things that I like to evaluate this time of year is uh, is reach. Are we reaching? Um, and I'm using that word very intentionally in reach, not not necessarily numbers or or, yeah. or growing, because I'm not sure that you should always be growing, um, which we can talk a little bit about that if you want. But uh, I think, are we reaching? Are, are are we equipping students to reach their peers? Are our students reaching students? Are Am yeah. I doing what I can as a student pastor to reach families and minister to families? Um, and where that falls, mid-year is really good for that because January is a great opportunity to kind of reset when you come back from Christmas everybody's usually a little fired up for, you know, resolutions and whatever. Naturally, it's a good time of, of if you're going to pivot and make some changes, January is a good time to emphasize something a little more. So reach is a big thing for us. Um, numbers. I mean, I get, I evaluate our numbers every week. Not because I feel like our numbers define our success completely, but I do think they're an indicator of health. Reflect. Yeah, and so my target is always like, are we kind of 10 to 15% of our weekend attendance number? Uh, that's If we're there, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about where we're at. Um, it's going to be different for everybody. And it's you know, going to be a lot different. Of context here. It's totally going to be different. And, and really what you're, you're kind of, what you're dipping into a little bit here, Jody, is your values will dictate the questions you need to ask. Totally, totally. Like, so if your church values, like if that's a big push for your church to, you know, what is our reach? How, what was the one you just had, but was it? Uh, I was talking about numbers. Just you know, before numbers, though, was like what, outreach? Yeah, yeah, reaching. Yeah. yeah but the reach, reason yeah. I say reach and not not just leading with numbers is because I think, and I had this conversation with one of one of my the guys on my team this week, um, They've, they've had a ton of growth this fall, like phenomenal growth this fall. It's been super good. A lot of momentum on that campus as volunteer. And he's new. We hired him like <laughs> we hired him in the middle of COVID. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's just, it's, it's been, it's been a change for him, but, uh, you know, his volunteers are really excited and bought in. His kids are really excited and bought in. His parents are really excited and they're looking around going, man, there's so many kids here, right? Mm. Which is awesome. But what I'm trying to encourage him in is, like, there's going to come a week 
where you're just going to be down in numbers for whatever reason. Yeah, totally. And if you're not if you're not focused on something other than the numbers as a dictator of success and winning, then everyone's going to feel like that week was a failure. So yeah, if you, you've okay. got to find things that you're pointing to beyond numbers because people are naturally going to drift to numbers as the metric of success. And again, I think it's a metric of health and it, and it can show some success depending on what it is, but it's not the only thing. Oh, yeah, stories of life change is where it's at. I mean, that's, you know, and that's, that's where I'm talking about reach. Totally. Like how many students are we, are we seeing make decisions? And, and I don't think, again, even go back to the growth thing, depending on the size of your church and the size of the community you're in, like you shouldn't just continue to grow. Your students shouldn't outgrow your church. That's not good. Um, so, so there's got to be some translation of what that looks like for families to plug in and involve, and everything should grow together. But yeah, man, reach is there, numbers is there, budget is there. Um, the other one I would, well, programming we've mentioned a lot, so obviously yeah. we're evaluating programming, and then volunteers I mentioned earlier. We're always, um, we're always really consistent this time of year to to do that because we know as the year goes, you you will kind of for one reason or another tend to lose some volunteers. So I want to mm-hmm. see where we're at. Um, my t- again, I, I'm, I don't know how much of this you want to get into or how much of this you even do yourself, Chris, but I, I, it feels like we lose about 30% of our volunteers year over year everywhere I've ever been. doesn't hmm. matter the context or the size of the church, you know, um, for people moving or people have just done it a really long time and now it's time to step out or, you know, whatever. So I feel like I always have to have about 30%, 30% to stay even if we're not growing Uh, and so one of the things that we're always evaluating is the number of volunteers we have how are we encouraging our volunteers how are we communicating to our volunteers do they feel appreciated do Um, you ask them that question yeah how or we'll do it at our our end of year our christmas yeah i think it's important to that's another you know important thing about evaluating is you want to be sure to ask you know you want to ask the right people the right questions and i think sometimes it means you're going to ask your volunteers I don't yeah. know that uh, December would be when I would ask that. I would ask that in May. Probably. Yeah, we we'll uh, we'll do a survey to them at the end of the year in May. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so this and when we stop right now, it's more of an internal. Like, how do, does it seem like our volunteers are encouraged? Yeah. Do we feel yeah. like they're, you know, um, with us still? We feel like we've got momentum. You know, what what kind of things are we doing to recruit new volunteers? What are some ways that we've done well in recruiting? What's working for us? What's not? Because in January, like for us, we'll come back in January, especially, and we start not only are we still can always recruiting small group leaders, but we're now we're we're recruiting camp counselors. Yeah. Um, and so, how many? How do we? What's that going to look like? And those things. So. Yeah. Well, this is all good stuff. Hopefully, though, I think you and I would both agree that it's all going to lead to some next steps, if you will, some goals, some things you want to do as a result of all of this evaluating, right? Yeah. So um, I would start by just a bit, you know, the, the key here is that you're, you're identifying some areas of weakness um, or areas for potential improvement, if you want to sound more positive about it. Um <laughs> Um, and then you set goals to improve those areas. Like yeah. it's just, it's just a matter of just simple. We struggle in this. We need to set some goals in this and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as as we think back, man, we've had zero baptisms or we've had only, you know, we've got a bunch of kids and we've only had like one or two baptisms. We probably should have more than that. 
Well, we need to set a goal. Why would we set a goal? Well, here's the part about that. Setting goals, I'm going to do my number two because it's really kind of attached to number one. Yeah. Um, setting goals should impact your practices. So, like, whatever goal you have ultimately should result in you changing and doing certain things. In other words, if you've not been giving any kind of invitation or invite whatsoever to make a decision to be baptized, if that happens to be the goal you have, well, no wonder you don't have anybody. Right. You're, not, <laughs> yeah, you're not telling them. To you. You're not telling them. So you have to make it a goal so that you will, as a result, track. Yeah. And really, I've kind of given you all my whole goals to speech and one thing, you know, which is right. ultimately the practical step that you have to have in order to achieve the goal. You know, and so whatever yeah. that thing might be, it's just a matter of acknowledging what needs to change, setting a goal, making sure that it that you, it, it impacts your practices. Because if you just go set a goal and you don't do anything about it, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Um, and then make sure you've got some practical steps that you're implementing that yeah, can put actually a, put a plan in it. place. Right. Yeah, totally. And then the only other thing I would add to that that I think is really helpful. Well, I would say there's two things that I had written down. One is I think. Now, actually, now I'm thinking of others. But the first one I'll say is this. Your your goals need to be clear. They need to be measurable. They need to be a stretch for you, but they need to be attainable. Um, they, you know, don't set a goal like, oh, man, we haven't had any, like to use your reference, we haven't had, we haven't had any baptisms this year. Next year, we're going to baptize 50. And uh, to go from zero to 50, <laughs> like, might be crazy. Uh or whatever the number might be, you know, so I think making sure that those goals are, um, the goals are a stretch for you, but they're also attainable, um, that, that it's something that you can actually meet. And so you're not going from, like I said, zero baptisms to like, oh, we're going to baptize 50 this year, you know, like something that's, that's actually doable. And then, and then really you've got to be able to take that goal and back away and then actually put a plan together to accomplish it. And then, and then be intentional of how you're going to measure it, if that makes sense. Like if your goal, if you come away from your thing, man, our Wednesday nights suck. They're terrible. Man, we're going to make them awesome this year. That's our goal. That's our goal yep. is to make Wednesdays awesome this year. That, how? Yeah, that does you no good because yep. you, you have no idea what. <laughs> so take that then, write that down and then circle back to that. And maybe you have a brainstorming session with some of those same teams that helped you evaluate it. Like, what can we do to make this better? Yeah, man. And, and then I would say even for me, it's really helpful to set time frames and timelines. I would like, you know, to see us do, you know, X by March or May or by, Hey, by June, we want to make sure we have this in place so that by August, we can do this. I think those are that I just think if if too often we kind of will we're we're guilty of like evaluating and coming up with lofty goals um that either aren't realistic or we don't really have a plan. It's like I want to lose weight next year, but I'm not going to join a gym and I'm not going to get a personal trainer and and I'm going to keep eating ice cream. And I'm going to keep eating ice cream or marshmallow treats I found in my cabinet from a year ago. Boy, what you talking uh, about my business for? <laughs> That was pre that was pre podcast talk. <laughs> well, you know, like so one of the things like in, in John Acuff's book Finish, which I love, by the way, he talks about goal setting in that because he wrote a book called Start. And and the premise of Start was like most people don't finish goals because they don't start them. And then he wrote Start and he realized actually lots of people start goals where they really struggle is finishing. <laughs> like the, people start mm-hmm. stuff all the time. 
And so one of the things that he talks about in that book is like, man, if set a goal and then cut it in half, right? Yeah. So if you, if you're like, man, I want to lose 10 pounds this month and you lose seven, you're going to come away and go, man, I'm such a failure. I only lost seven pounds and I really was aiming for 10. But like the month before you gained seven, right? So if you said, if you cut that in half, you said my goal was to lose five and you lost seven. Whew, you're throwing a party, you know, like you've made mm-hmm. some progress. So I think just being mindful of the goals we set that they're realistic. Yeah, big time. But I think they need to be a bit of a stretch still, something to aim for. Um, yeah. But, but I think that's, that's, I just see a lot of youth ministries set unrealistic goals and yep. never have a plan. And yep. then, and then they just get frustrated because nothing ever happens and they're too busy looking at everybody else, wondering why everybody else is doing stuff that they can't. Yeah, man, big time. So, well, Jody, I think all this is important stuff, and and you know it could, it could come across as a little bit like, man, these guys are really worked up about this stuff, you know. Um, but <laughs> again, <laughs> but, yeah. But here's the thing: I mean, we the passion that drives us to do this podcast and talk about things we talk about is this idea that we want to experience longevity um, yeah. in youth ministry. Um, and can I just say, for your sake and your kids' sake, you know, that's your the teenagers students. in your group. Your yeah. students in your group and the families in your ministry deserve the best you can give them. Yeah, and and in order to do that, I'm just I'm telling you, Jody and I are telling you, like this is part of that. You got you, you just can't set, can't just keep doing the same thing, you know. And I mean, you can, and but you're going to blink, and 30 years is going to pass by. And yeah. uh, we, we should also say there are probably things that you're going to evaluate in your ministry you hate that aren't effective but you can't kill yet. yeah that yeah that you can't you, you can't change them yeah N- it's not, not yet and maybe yeah. not ever yeah and you just have to recognize those and then you just try to make them the best you can and maybe you can improve them but use wisdom in some of that it right? takes well, some of this man oh yeah hey important here too hopefully even though we're talking about you know we're drilled down very like evaluate this year and something you can change next year. Part of this also may lead to a goal though, of you saying we're going to change this over the next three years. Yes. So good. You know, yeah. we're going to, but um, so, so it, it's both, you know, don't, don't hear us saying that it's got to be next year, you know, because maybe it doesn't because it takes a long time to change culture. It just does. Yeah. Well, I, you know, when, if I sit down to a, a brand new youth pastor, right. Who's just starting out, are just starting in the church and they, you know, and they ask for some advice about what we're talking about. I tell them, start at five years out. Like, mm, where do seriously. you want to be in five years? Yeah. And then we'll recognize back. also in that first year, because you and I both are finishing up first years, right? You've already finished yours, yeah, I think. Yeah. It feels like it's a never ending first year. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it has been for you, but for me, I'm about to finish up in my, the first time in a long time that I'm finishing up a first year, you know, in 17 years I'm finished, you know, cause I'm in a new yeah. gig and people go, well, what do you think about this? I'm like, I don't know yet. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't had time to figure this out yet. <laughs> How many things? And like, know. I don't know. I'll Maybe. let you know in a year when I, once I've lived through everything, I'll ask you this. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to, but I mean, how many things did you walk into the role in the first few weeks and see stuff that you're like, okay, that, that we got to change. Mm-hmm. But then as the year went on, you start recognizing like, okay, there's reasons for that. You know, okay, 
as yeah, I as you're evaluating. Getting all personal and making me want to, you know, confess my faults. Okay. No, I'm just I saying, like, because uh, it happened to me when I got here. No, it there does. Was, no, you know th- what listen, I mean? there's you, no like, doubt that there were there were several things where I thought I probably will not be doing those in a year, and I changed my mind because of evaluating them, right? Because of evaluating them and tweaking them in a way that fits who we are and what we exist for. So I think that's that's yeah. an, another like you talk about why I know we to go all the way back to where we started. One of the things that happens is you may have things that you don't like or don't you inherit that you actually through evaluating those things come to appreciate that you wouldn't have if you never evaluated them. If you never stop to really evaluate and give them the time. Unless it's a lock in. In which like case just stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know the major secret to longevity? Stop doing lock-ins, okay? Um, Hire younger interns for yeah, lock-ins. Yes, so, yeah. Well, it's been fun, Jody. Yeah, Let's wrap it good. up. Let's wrap it That's up. Good. Hey, if you have, I'd love, seriously, we mentioned at the beginning joining the, the podcast group. I, I think we should throw this up in there um, as a question, just just see what folks are doing. I, I would love for you to jump on and share what kind of things are you, do you evaluate, first of all? What kind of things are you evaluating? What does your process look like? Uh, I'd love to hear that and uh, and kind of just share with the group there in the community and that. Uh, don't forget to head over to YM360 and uh, buy all the things that they have. Longer yep. haul for you is the promo code there to save you some money. Uh, our folks over at aerosport.fun, promo code longer haul, and then uh, smartphones-101.com for, uh, for all your smartphone stuff there. We appreciate those guys and their support and honestly appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, we, thanks we, for listening. We appreciate y'all big time. Big, big, big time. So I think that's it for today, yeah? Yeah, man. It's good. Been a fun one. All right. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Later.